Welcome to another episode of the Flow Real Podcast. I am Edgar Otraves, your host, and today my co-host is Martin, who's a bit of a boxing expert, huge fan of boxing. Uh, he knows his stats, he knows his boxes, he knows the game really well. Uh, we reminisced a little bit about coming up, you know, learning how to fight, and being in gyms and stuff, and seeing some of these guys come up. Also, uh, we talked about Tyson and the upcoming uh, fight that we're really looking forward to with Lomachenko versus Lopez. I had a good time talking to him. I hope you enjoy the podcast. If you want to go and support the podcast, head on over to shop.theflowrollpodcast.com. Again, that's shop.theflowrollpodcast.com. Now on with the show. So this is Edgar Traves on the Low on the Flow Row podcast. I'm, I was going to rename the podcast there for a second. <laughs> Today I am joined by a, my good friend uh, Martin, uh, who is I consider one of the most knowledgeable people I know about boxing. And uh, so I he I when I heard Tyson speak recently on the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah. Uh, I sent this uh, podcast out to him, and I, I guess you've already seen it by that time. But I want to. But but thank you for for sharing the link. I did see it. Okay, so I want to hear your thoughts because I I when I heard him speak, man, I got excited. So, so like, what do you what are you thinking like in terms of that? Like, well, well, first of all, Mike Tyson's always just a great interview. He is so self aware. Mm-hmm. And how willing he is to to share some of those inner thoughts and those kind of those inner demons with everyone so openly is really admirable. So I like that. But man, as I was telling you earlier, I'm excited and I'm scared too for both guys. Yeah. Because of the circumstance. I mean, I like both guys. I love Roy Jones's career, and he was a great broadcaster on HBO when HBO was doing their the fights. They recently stopped doing fights, but I loved him. And needless to say, Mike Tyson is an all time great and a always a compelling figure they both are so I, i'm excited to see how they match up because they're they're not that far off in size yeah because even though um jones fought you most of his career as a middleweight he did eventually go up to junior uh, to light heavy and to heavy and he, i believe he won a heavyweight crown against ruiz a very shanty title but still a heavyweight <laughs> title that he won. i didn't know um, he went up to, i didn't know he went up to heavyweight yeah, yeah right at, at the end of his career i don't know if you remember that john ruiz guy uh-huh. he was um he he had he had one of the one of the lesser titles. I think it was the WBA title. Uh-huh. So uh, it was an easy fight for Jones. Everybody uh-huh. knew Jones was going to win, and Jones won it running away. But Ruiz was not one of the top heavyweights at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're not that far off in size. I think it's an interesting matchup. But like I said, it's it's a little scary. These are older men. Yeah, in their forties and fifties. Yeah, and it's just. Certainly, some of the video I've seen from Tyson, he looks like he can still do a lot of damage. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen any of the video of Jones training, but I've been hearing that he looks very impressive in training. See, I haven't seen anything from Jones either. But like one of the things that Tyson talked about was in that podcast was that uh, there was a video that he had done with a trainer and he, it was like their first time they got together and he was like ripping pads. And then after, and it was like 15 minutes, right. Of him ripping on the pads. And then afterwards he couldn't move. He couldn't move for like a week. <laughs> yeah. So when I saw him do that, I'm like, oh, shit, Tyson's back, right? I had no idea that the age thing was a factor for him. I thought that he was just kind of like an immortal human, like superhuman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it, it was nice to hear him speak on the fact that, that, that when he would, when he, after he did that, 
he couldn't move for a few days because that's what happens to me, man. I do something sure. and I can't move for days. Like I'll go clean out the garage and the next two days I can't do shit, you know? <laughs> so yeah. like, so like, and especially for like Jones, who is uh, more known for his like speed and agility mm-hmm. and kind of ability to kind of like move and, and, and like really get out of the way of punches, but like really fast, like combinations. Like he's that kind of slick fighter, right? Not that Tyson is it. But Tyson, I think, relies more on his power. Sure. Where I think Jones relies a little more on his on his maneuverability, and so I, you know, in their in their old not that they're old, but in their in their older age, like I, I wonder how Jones will fare in a fight against an older Tyson because he may not have that speed that he relies yes. on. That he can, yeah, yeah. And I do remember, or I have seen on YouTube, some fights that Jones had way later in his career, like way later. Uh-huh. Um, like he would go overseas and seeing him get knocked out, Ooh. you know, by, by lesser guys, by like European guys or just lesser guys. And obviously you chalk that up to age. Yeah. Um, he's past his prime and he's probably just doing it for the bucks. But that's kind of scary. Yeah. You know, just seeing that because – you don't want to be taking too many shots from Mike Tyson, man. Especially not when you're 50 years old. No, and that guy is just, and that guy's still goddamn scary. He is still scary. Yes. That's one thing that in boxing they say that never leaves you. You may lose your speed, you may lose your reflexes, but you never lose that power. No, and that dude, you don't want him in range unloading. You know, even if it's you in the arms and in the shoulders, man, that's gonna hurt. Yeah, and then that wears on that wears on your on your on your arms, right? You're gonna start oh, dropping your guard and stuff. Sure. Oh, so wait a minute. So Jones is not that tall of a guy. He's not that big of a guy either. So he's about Tyson's no. size, right? Yes. So they're gonna be yeah. Their size. There's not gonna be much of a size differential, certainly in terms of height. I mean, Tyson might be a thicker guy. Yeah. But when they both step into the ring, they're gonna look. Close to the same size, I would imagine. Yeah, because ordinarily, like I mean, people who are heavyweights, there's because they're giants, right? But Tyson, right, yeah, Tyson was, of course, was a smaller heavyweight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then this is going to be interesting because I, I and Tyson says he's coming to get him. Like it's supposed to be like some kind of like, you know, <laughs> he friendly. sounds serious. He sounds serious, and I think Jones yes. is too. So yes. Oh, dude, I don't know, man. I, I'm going to watch that one. I, oh, I mean, yeah. Well. These are fighters. When they get into the ring, the switch is going to go off. Yeah. You know, even if, even if it's an exhibition, I don't know if they're doing this for charity. That might be kind of the, the pretense. But, you know, as they say, once you get popped in the mouth, it's, it's on. It's on. <laughs> they're going to fight. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And it is supposed to be some kind of exhibition. But, like, uh, I, I think the name of the, of the – I can't remember the name of the, uh, of the league that they're doing. But it's, some, it's an older league. It's like a, like a master's league, right? So it's yes, just, I did hear something. Like, yeah, Tyson was talking about that on the, on the podcast, yeah, which was so, interesting. And there have been a couple of these. I know, like, Chavez recently did a, an exhibition match against Julio somebody. Julio Cesar Chavez Sr.? Yes, he did. Yeah. And, and I believe it's his second one. Really? So he's he's kind of trying to dabble back in there. He fought some guy. Who was it? I think it was Arce. I haven't seen the video of it yet, but it happened recently. Um, so, and then I, you may have heard that De La Hoya is doing this as well. He's no. looking to, to do an exhibition match. So no. all these old guys are coming back to these exhibition matches for 
whatever reason. Like, I don't know if it's because of the pandemic and we need a content. Yeah. <laughs> we need fight content. Yeah. Or I don't know what it is. But the, yeah, this is becoming a fad now where, where these older retired fighters are coming back. Dude. Which is kind of cool, but kind of scary. I, I, I would love to see some some who the Cesar Chavez senior, man. I want to see some 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 senior there, man. Like, I don't know about De La Hoya. Not that I don't yeah. respect the guy. He was a good he was a good fighter, yeah. very technical, but I don't think he I, I shouldn't talk, but I like I, I don't I don't I don't know if he's the same kind of caliber as as, as uh Chavez because I, I always feel like Chavez was a warrior, right? And and he you know, that dude he would just he would come forward, wouldn't stop. Yeah. He was he was a bulldozer. And yeah. I that that kind of stuff never kind of leaves you, right? De La Hoya was a little bit more of a pretty boy. He liked his mm-hmm. movement. He was very good technically. He was he was a boxer, you know? And he was the golden boy. Remember, he was anointed. You know, he became an Olympic champion. So he yeah. had the road paved kind of in front of him. But you're right. He was also a good fighter, but I think he's very different from Chavez. Uh-huh. Um, what was I going to say about Chavez? It, I mean, certainly a young Chavez was a monster. If you've never seen... Chavez against Rosario mm-hmm. on YouTube. This is Chavez has moved up in weight, I believe, up to lightweight, and he's fighting Rosario, who was a great Puerto Rican fighter. I was a kid at the time, and I was really scared that Chavez was going to get his ass kicked. I was like, <laughs> oh well, this was nice. And Chavez <laughs> put on one of the most brutal beatings. Seriously, you have to see it. Yeah. One of the most brutal beatings I have ever seen in a boxing ring. If you watch the fight, at some point you start saying corner you got to stop the fight why are you letting this guy come out because poor rosario just took a beating Ugh. for like i don't however long it went eight twelve i mean eight eleven rounds but like up and down up and down he, he put his hands up you yeah. kill him to the body he's yeah. bring his hands down you get killed to the head and the poor guy just could not could not get out of the way of chavez's punches it was just brutal yeah that that chavez is pretty much unbeatable that, I, I think I remember, you know, like because I mean, you you were a boxer as a kid. I, I was mm-hmm. I was I you know I trained in fighting a little bit. I had I had like three amateur fights, but you had like a hundred or something, right? Like oh no no nowhere near that many. I had like like I would say about twenty two, twenty three. But but I certainly spent a, you know a decent amount of time in the gym with with really good fighters. Yeah. So I certainly saw really good fighters up close, and I got to spar with a few of the yeah. kids who like actually went on to like you know silver gloves and golden gloves. Yeah. So although I wasn't particularly a talented fighter, uh-huh. I was fortunate enough to be around a yeah. decent amount of pretty good fighters yeah. and some pretty good trainers. Yeah. That's that sounds amazing, dude. That that must have been so freaking cool. Like, what was oh, yeah. what was the gym? Where was the gym that you went to when you were? A kid? It was it was here in Cicero, so it was a, a part of the park district. Oh, really? It was called yeah, it was called Park Home. The name of the park was called Park Home Park, yeah. and in the basement of the field house, they had a ring. Yeah, and they had like you know some heavy bags, uh-huh. and one of the kids in the neighborhood, st- one of the kids in the neighborhood had an older brother. Uh huh who was a really good fighter his and he and they had a younger brother who became a professional fighter as well um they were italian kids back when oh, Cicero was more of an, so these, of an italian neighborhood so these kids became at one point became professionals yes the youngest one became a professional fighter he unfortunately died in a motorcycle accident but Vinny, his name was Vinny Letizia. Uh-huh. I remember as a young man going to see him fight at the at the old Rosemont Horizon. Oh, and just 
being so proud telling everybody i knew this little kid i mean he yeah. was younger than i was so yeah. he was a little kid who hung out yeah. with us in the gym and i could tell stories but he was a good fighter but um so i got it through their family their older uh, his older brother was uh cuneo badass little guy badass kid uh anybody was afraid of him in school you know one of those kids that nobody <laughs> nobody fucked with you didn't fuck with cuneo hey, what a great name is it yeah. cuneo letizia like yeah. it sounds it sounds you know, like, cool. Yeah, it does sound cool. And he was a really good fighter. Yeah. And he went he went into boxing. So it was through that, through him that we were like, oh, let's go to the gym. Let's go, you know, let's go check it out. And, you know, being from a Mexican family, having Mexican cousins in yeah. the neighborhood, we all went and um, we just kind of hung up. And primarily in the in the spring and in the summer, we do that. In the wintertime, we usually wouldn't go too much. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. This dog, 20, down dog. So 20 something fights, dude. That's fucking wild, bro. Like I, I, I one time ran into a kid at, at, um, at a Best Buy and you know, you, you pick it up. Like you can tell, okay, this kid's a fighter. Like, I don't know what he does, but he looks like a fighter. Like he's got a broken nose. He's a little rough around the edges. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I'm like, I'm like, dude, you boxed, didn't you? And he's like, yeah, you know, I boxed as a kid, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh yeah, I could tell, you know, you know, I, I, I fall a little bit too. And he, I'm like, how, like, how many fights did you have? And I'm like, oh, you know, a hundred. I'm like, a hundred? Oh. I'm like, a hundred? Like, as a little kid, this kid got a hundred, a hundred fights, and this poor kid's working at fucking Best Buy. I'm like, you could be somebody. You could be training. You could be doing, you could do anything else other than be working at Best Buy. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, you got that talent, right? But I was like, whoa, like, don't mess with people. You just shouldn't mess with people because you never know who you run into. Like, oh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. When I would go to Jewel, for some reason, I would go to, to my neighborhood, Jewel, and I think I wore a boxing shirt one day. Yeah. And one of the older guys who worked there was a boxing fan. He started talking to me. And all these stories he would tell me about his days. And he would, you know, yeah. um, he had a friend who fought Tommy Hearns. Oh. And that's what I said. I was like, get the fuck out of here. Wow. I like, oh, really? What was that like? And he was like, of course, it was amazing. Yeah. Uh, so, like, I think he was in the, I think his story was that he was in the military. And his buddy was was a was a fighter for the Marines or something like that. Yeah. And in some amateur tournament, he got in there with uh, with Tommy Hearns. I'm like, holy cow! To be, I mean, that's that's boxing royalty. I mean, Tommy the Hitman Hearns is one of the top fighters of all time. Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ! But you, and you never know who you run into, right? I mean, you 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 never know. You 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 you're in the bot. You 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 take up this fight. Right. And you could be fighting some guy who's just going to, you know, end up doing something else or you'd be fighting the next fucking champion of the world. You know, well, look at some of these guys you see nowadays, like especially like some of these Mexican guys in the lower weight classes. Yeah. If you'd see them on the street, <laughs> it's just some guy on the street. But, yeah. you know, they can whip your ass. <laughs> oh, dude, I knew this one kid. I, I had fought in the Golden Gloves and I have seen this kid in the gym here and there. Right. But this is one of these kids that like, I don't know what he deal. Like, I don't know, like how this works for a kid like this, but I seen him, I seen him in my gym before, but he wasn't from my gym. So mm -hmm. I don't know if he was mm -hmm. there to like visiting friends or what, but uh, I remember seeing this kid and I remember thinking he's a little asshole, right? <laughs> but he, he was, he was like maybe 120 pounds wet. And he, I mean, he wasn't mm -hmm. a kid. He was like 20 something. Right. But yeah, but I'm like, Oh man, this guy's a jerk, but I don't want to fuck with this kid. No, I know. I know he's a savage. Like I could look at him and I could tell like, like he's very, very small, very skinny looking. But then I saw him hit the bag or something or something. I was like, oh, shit, I can't fuck with this guy. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to. I'm going to be nice to him. 
I'm not going to get in his way. I'm definitely not going to try to like, you know, get pulled into some kind of argument because he was, he was a little, he had a personality on him. And so I saw him at the Golden Gloves later and he had a potty mouth on him. He was just swearing left and right. And just, I was like, whoa, this guy is a little much. And everything he said made me laugh because he was so vulgar. But, uh, but yeah, man, like, you don't know. You don't know. That 120-pound annoying dude can probably knock you in the next Wednesday, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think I certainly remember some of my earliest boxing experiences. I mean, actually, like, in a in a – formal boxing ring, not with like cousins, you know, cause we always had, you know, growing up Latino, I grew up with a bunch of male cousins around my age. So there was always some boxing gloves laying around. Yeah. And when, you know, whenever there was a holiday, you know, at Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's or somebody's birthday, eventually we got bored and the gloves came on and the little <laughs> sparring sessions, you know, it's just the natural thing that, that a lot of us did yeah. um, growing up that way. But when I first actually got into a ring to spar with somebody, it was with a smaller kid and I just couldn't believe how he had me from ring post to ring post. Because I came in thinking, I'm going to bulldoze this kid, you know? Yeah. I'm going to see my little cousin Arturo. What the fuck is he going to do to me? I'm going to slap yeah. him around. Yeah. And I couldn't catch him. And every time I moved my hand, it seemed like I got hit in the face. <laughs> and, yeah, you just, you just <laughs> never know. It's, and that's one of the incredible things about boxing is that it is, and really any type of fighting, is that it is so not only unpredictable, is that it's, you, you never know who's a really good fighter. You can't judge, as they say, a book by its cover, right? You, yeah. you just don't know. But, you know, like some of the, some of the things you're talking about, like going to a fight, like being there at a fight. Like I, I, I've, like the guy who taught me how to fight, my coach, like he had a little small time fight. It was in, um, man, where was it? It was up north someplace in some suburb really far. And it was in this little like gym, right? And it was like a high school gym. And so I showed up and I remember, I remember like watching all the fights and hearing all the noise and being like, wow, like I could hear these guys hitting each other Mm -hmm. from here. Right. And so I got up and went and got some nachos. Right. My, 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 uh, my coach was up next. I'll get up and go get some nachos. I'm walking up. And so as I'm walking up, the fight starts, right? I was like, oh shit, the fight's starting, right? So I'm I'm like watching and like spilling nachos and shit <laughs> and trying to get to my to to the bleacher seat I was at. And so as I'm walking over, I see this guy come leave the corner and I'm like, ooh, this guy doesn't look too good. Like like he looks a little like he doesn't have enough training, right? But he's these this is a pro fight. You know, this is a this is a pro fight. This is like low level pro pro fight guys. Like he's just starting. So this guy leaves the corner. I'm like, Oh, this guy doesn't look like he's going to be able to like hang with my coach. Right. My coach takes like three steps, gets to the center, plops him, dude drops. Right. I haven't even touched my nachos yet. <laughs> Most of the nachos are on the floor. I'm like, ah, you know? <laughs> and so I'm like, Holy shit. Right. So he knocks the guy out. It was like, 15 seconds or 12 seconds, something something fucking ridiculous. Right. And so then I, you know, I didn't even sit down. I fucking threw the nachos. I ran down to go see what's up. Right. And congratulate him. And so I run down there. And so I guess like uh, the cornermen were arguing about 
who to see the video. And I'm like, why you guys, you guys had the best seats in the house. You guys were right here in the corner. He's like, we missed it. I'm like, you guys missed it. He's like, yeah, I was talking to this guy because there was two guys. And he's like, the one guy was like, look, I got the bucket. I'm going to talk to him. You put the, you put the stool, yeah. <laughs> you know? And he's like, no, I'm going to talk to him. You take the bucket. I mean, you take the stool. I take the bucket. I'm going to talk to him. And so when they were doing this, while they were arguing, boom, <laughs> they missed the whole fucking fight. Yeah. <laughs> and they had, the, they had the best seats in the house and they had to watch it on video. Mm. So I was just like, whoa. But it's just like all these old memories. Like this is part of like one of the reasons I like talking to you because some, some of the things that, that you kind of jar in my memory. I'm like, yeah, I remember this and I remember that. And well, there was nothing like it. I mean, growing up, I remember as a kid that boxing was on almost every weekend on broadcast TV. So you'd be sitting at home on a Saturday afternoon and there'd be CBS sports fights or mm -hmm. ABC wide rule of sports. There'd be a fight on. Um, so it was just kind of part of everyday life or not everyday life, but certainly very frequently boxing was everywhere. And yeah, I mean, some there's, I think as we've talked about it before, there's nothing like a big fight night. Yeah. There's nothing like, I mean, there is no other sport. I mean, I, I love football and basketball and, and, and other sports, but there's nothing like big fight night when the, when the combatants are in the arena and they're walking into the ring and it's, you know, it's an evenly matched and the styles are complimentary and you know, it's going to be a good, or you have a feeling it's going to be a good fight, but you don't know who's going to win. Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty neat feeling. And if you have a rooting interest on top of that, if you're rooting for one, for one of the combatants, that's even better. Yeah. Oh, dude. The last, like right before the pandemic started, we, uh, we had a fight night and it was one of those weird things where it's like my son, cause we had had a few of them and it was just a bunch of like UFC fights. And so I would invite the guys that I was like training with at the gym to come mm -hmm. over and they'd bring their kids and their wives and stuff. And the wives would be in the kitchen and and fuck. And in the dining room, yucking it up on booze, you know? And then all the guys yeah. would be all serious in front of the TV and yeah. analyzing the fights. Right. So then, uh, so like we weren't planning on it. I was thinking like, ah, oh, it's a lot of work. You know, you gotta get the food and I gotta pay for stuff. And you know, and I was like, ah, I'm not up for it, right? And my son's like, when are we going to have another fight night? And I'm like, well, there's going to be a big fight this weekend. It was, it was, uh, man, Zhang, Zhang Yi, Zhang Wiley, Wiley Zhang versus uh, uh, Joanna Jinczekczyk. That's the fight I remember, right? Uh, I, I don't even remember the main event right now. It, it slips my mind. Because <laughs> yeah. the main event was not that great. But that fight. That fight was good. That fight was main was like had been I think it has gotten an award for fight of the year. But anyway, my my son was like, you know, we should have a fight night. And I'm like, son, I don't know. It's a lot of work. And then, you know, you gotta, you know, you gotta, you know, I gotta get the chairs in order and I buy food. And he's like, <laughs> Well, you know, I'm like, why would you want to see a fight night? You know, like you you don't usually sit with us. And it's because all the other kids would come. And they would wreak havoc throughout the house, playing video games and chasing sure. each other and, you know, playing hide and go seek, hide and go seek in the house. And so I was like, all right, you know, I, I told my wife, you know what, screw it. Let's, you know, I'm going to watch this fight anyway. I'm going to pay for the pay-per-view. Might as well have some people over, right? Yeah. So I told everybody, you know, look, I'm not going to shell out any money for food. You guys, you know, just come on over, bring your own shit, right? Because I don't, I don't even drink. 
you know? So, oh, okay. So like, you know, they, they came, they brought their food and stuff. And it's that, you know, even my son, who's a little kid, doesn't even watch the fights. You know, he, he will watch one or two with me. Right. But for the most part, he's seven. Right. So he doesn't really watch stuff, but he wanted to be, you know, the, like you're saying, the fight night is a big deal. Right. It, yeah. every, it's a little party. People are laughing and people, it's a reason to get together. And that was the last time I think I had a giant group of people in my house. You know, pre-pandemic. Yeah. Pre-pandemic. And it, I'm glad that we did it. Cause it's one of the most memorable ones I have in my, in, in my memory, you know, it's just, but like everybody appreciates a fight night. I think everybody does. Even, even the women watch the fight, watch the yes. women fight and they, and it blew their minds. You know, I, I have found that, 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 that women can, can be very easily entranced by boxing or, or certainly in my experience. And I know when I first met my wife, she wasn't a big fight fan, but she, she grew to appreciate it over time. Just as hanging out with us, having these big fight nights where everybody would come over and we'd have the big party. That was always a, a that's always a big, big fun time. What was the, what was one of the most memorable fight nights that you have? I'm trying to think it's probably during the Tyson era or maybe the Chavez era uh-huh. where we had a bunch of people over, or I think we all went over to one of my friend's house. I'm trying to think it must've been sometime in the nineties and we had a bunch of people over at my friend's house. Well, actually more recently I went to another friend's house for the first Golovkin Canelo fight. Oh, and that was, that was pretty cool. Cause he, he, he had it in his backyard and he bought a taco guy over and he had the TV outside. So we we're all just hanging out outside having <laughs> oh, a good time eating awesome. and having some cocktail. Yeah. that was a really good time. That so was how, a really good time. How did he do it? Did he have a projector or did he have like a TV? I think he brought a TV out if memory serves me correct. So I think he had some sort of big screen TV that he had out there. When was that? Like two or three years ago that that fight happened? Something like um, that. It was a while ago. It was a little while ago, yeah. yeah. And that, that, was, that was a big fun. But I remember, I think one of the biggest nights I remember clearly, and it was a small crowd, it was the first Tyson Holyfield fight. Oh. And I just remember that we partied way into the, into the night that night because I was rooting for Holyfield that night. Yeah, yeah. I was a big Holyfield fan back <laughs> in the day. I loved Tyson, but I was more of a Holyfield fan. Uh, when he came up to heavyweight, I just really liked Evander back then. Yeah. Um, so that was a big night because I know a lot, a lot of people were saying, oh, Evander can't do it. And I was like one of those guys like, oh, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. He can do it. Yeah. Um, but was that, that's always one of the big things. That first fight, that was, that was after he came out of jail, right? Yes. That was after he came out of jail. I think he'd only had like – Tyson had only had one or two fights before then. Yeah. So it, it happened pretty quickly after that but then was that the one where he bit his ear or was that i think i think that was the second fight that was the second fight i think so i believe so i wasn't even aware that there was two fights i thought there was just one yeah in the first fight he holyfield knocks him out i want to say in the eighth or the tenth round they stopped the fight and I remember it was huge. We just went nuts. Yeah. I think it's the second fight. It was the rematch that the biting comes in. Jesus and I Christ. believe Tyson's pretext was that, was that Holyfield whole, whole had been butting him since the first fight. Uh-huh. At least that was his excuse. No, that, you know, uh, we all know that it, he got frustrated with. Uh, yeah. I mean, later Andrews. on, he's come out. Yeah. 
Yeah. Have you seen the um, the um, the hot boxing with Mike Tyson with with Evander Holyfield down there? Oh, I have not. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah. They, uh, they they actually a lot of these guys kind of grew up together. You know, they kind of go were on the, on the junior boxing circuit, so they they would see each other at tournaments. They knew each other. Yeah. Um. So he and Holyfield have actually like a, a relationship before the fights. They actually were childhood. I don't know if you'd call it friends, but they certainly knew each other and they respected each other and they paddled around a little bit. So it was just interesting to see that whole dynamic work out. That is interesting how, how some of these people run in those same circles kind of, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially at those top levels. Yeah. Um, they, they, they would see each other, all the tournaments, they're, they're all competing for, you know, spots on, on, on either the Olympic team or, uh, or uh, a Golden Gloves championship. So they kind of see each other. Yeah. It's interesting. It's, it, is, it is interesting because they're rivals, right? So it's, it's an interesting kind of dynamic. Yeah, to be friends because it's not like being friends with somebody you play basketball against, right? Yeah. Or somebody you play baseball against. Yeah, this no, is somebody you're getting in a ring with. Yeah, this is a guy who wants to take your head off. Right, right, right. What's the old adage? You, you can play football, you can play baseball, but you can't play boxing. You can't play you, boxing. You can't play nah. No. Uh, there is a guy – uh, in the UFC, I can't remember his name right now, um, but he's a Cuban fighter, and he is he is built like a tank. He looks like a superhuman. I think I've seen him. I think I've seen Joe Rogan talk about him or put a video of him up. Yeah, I think yeah. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he looks like a monster. He looks like a monster. And uh, this cat was on a on another podcast talking about how they how they train in Cuba, right? And in Cuba, they you're you're sleeping next to the guy who's gonna fight you, and so there's, you know, like he. I guess he was in the wrestling um, program, and there's this weird kind of pyramid. I, I don't under. I, he tried to explain it. I didn't understand, and it, and it was just I just because I just don't understand the uh, the way that stuff works, the program works. <laughs> but it, it, he called it a pyramid, and uh, something about the pyramid. It's you're basically jockeying for position, right? And there, the fight never stops. Like the you, you're sleeping next to the guy, and you're 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 trying to jock for position, even outside training, sure. outside competing, outside. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, and and this guy is a monster, and so it's interesting to see, like, what kind of athlete. This breathes right like you get mm-hmm. like you you create some kind of like super human but also like mentally strong mm-hmm. right it was i was like jesus christ and he's like a kid right he's not he's not like a 20 year old something guy he, he's a young guy when this stuff is happening yeah so, like, in, these, in some of these other countries where, like, for whatever reason, the Olympics is so goddamn important that they do this, it's, it's crazy, man, you know? Oh, yeah. And, and even, even here in the U.S., when you hear, again, stuff from, from Tyson when he talks about when he was being raised by Cuss, when Cuss first discovered him and some of the stuff he did to kind of program him and get him ready. Yeah. Um, when, when he said that, when he said that, um, that Cuss had told him, he had summoned him in that interview when when he was talking to Rogan. Yeah, I just found that like so compelling. Like, oh my god, just to be told that. Could you imagine that as a kid? Yeah, um, having very probably low self esteem, coming from a rough background. You know, uh, you know, you 
your mom is not doing so great. And, and to have some guy told you, no, dude, you're great. I summoned you yeah. to come to me. What that does to one's ego, to one's head, to one's self-esteem, it's just, it's incredible. It, what um yeah what people do to to uh to help prepare these these young fighters for combat it's um it's that part of it kind of really bothered me a little bit because mm-hmm. there's there's a part of it like you want you want this person to succeed right and for whatever reason um but it's like you you manipulated him oh there's no question yeah but then you didn't turn it off either you like you didn't like you you turned them on to like the savage mode and you didn't you didn't turn it down you didn't do anything mm-hmm. that like i think he was the only person who was able to like rein him in but then nobody else but he didn't give anybody else that ability he didn't and he, and he didn't give him that ability either you know cuz one of the most interesting things cuz i actually i'm listening to the book it, it's taking me a year to listen to this book cuz it's a really difficult book uh, his uh, Tyson's book, or like mm. uh, his biography, he's just kind of going through mm. everything. Like, yeah. like I'm like midway through, and he talks about in the in that book that he would leave a fight, right? And sometimes you know he'd finish the fight too fast for himself, right? So he leaves the fight all still like jacked up, like still still in like in 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 battle mode and he didn't know how to turn it off. So he'd go and pick a fight at a bar or just be crazy or yeah. you know, do stupid stuff, you know, um, after the fight. And it's, and I remember, I remember feeling like that after training, I never felt like that after a fight, you know, and you know, the last time I fought, I was like 23. And when I fought, I was, I was like, I fought, no, actually, I was thirty. I was thirty-four because I fought a little older oh. when when it was uh, for the Golden Clubs. It was thirty-four, thirty-two, whatever. It doesn't matter. But like, I was a little older. I didn't have that, you know. Like, I got out of the fight. I was like, oh, I'm done, you know. Like, I'm fucking yeah. tired, you know. <laughs> you know, and and but that was that's that's a different age, a different person, different everything. But there was times where I was. I remember training as a kid. And leaving the gym and and being all like hopped up on on adrenaline. Sure. Yeah. So like, imagine being Tyson, right? <laughs> knocking some guy out, being being like just getting ready for a fight, being nervous, being angry, trying to like get that rage going for a fight, mm-hmm. then leaving the fight because if fight you know you beat the guy in like ten seconds, then you leave the fight. And you still got that warrior mode on because you didn't, you didn't quench it, right? You weren't able to exercise that demon completely, yeah. No, no. So that sucker's still in you, and you're walking around basically like a loaded gun, like a grenade ready to go off. Yeah. It, it, it's, you know, and so when I heard him speak on Rogan, talking about how that, that basically that monster's back in him, I, I was like, oh, like I felt – I felt that that energy, you know, and it, yeah, and it, oh yeah, and it brought back memories and stuff. But at the same time, I'm like, Ooh, no, I'm good, you know. Like, I'm, I I have no interest, <laughs> you know. Right. Not, yeah. You know, like 
I, I, I would love to see Tyson, but for me, no, you know, no, yeah. I'm not, you know, not that I would, I'm just saying, you know, like, so I can't relate, uh, completely with, right, right. Even a simple, before the pandemic, I would often go to the gym and hit the bag, hit the heavy bag. And there's some days you're like, wow, these combinations are just flowing nicely. And you hear the sound on the bag, tapping, like, yeah. oh shit, Mark, yeah. you, still, you still got a little something, still don't got you? it. <laughs> but, but you're right, immediately thereafter, you're like, yeah, no, I don't want to get hit in the head though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't want that. I don't want to get hit in the ribs. That doesn't sound like any fun anymore. No. Uh, so, but right. I'm not Mike Tyson. I'm not that guy who, who's been to the mountaintop already. And now yeah. he gets a little bit of that taste again. And I think he alluded to how, as he gets in better shape, it's kind of turning on his ego again, something he's had to fight with and battle with. And yeah, that's, 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 that's something, that's something to have to struggle with. I would imagine. Yeah. And in the book, he talks about how he gets rewarded for hurting people. If he mm-hmm. beats someone, if he wins a fight, he gets to hang out with celebrities and he gets to like, you know, have all these women. And this is in the book, right? Uh, now he's married and he's a different person to a certain extent in that regard. But, you know, he would get all these women and he would, you know, have all these awesome experiences. He'd get these lavish, you know, there would be these all this food and all this stuff. If you lost, none of that would happen. Right. So you can't, he, he even in the book recognizes how psychopathic that kind of upbringing mm-hmm. is. Right. Cause I mean, you're just training someone to hurt people. Right. And yeah. And it's, it's crazy to hear him kind of rationalize it that way. And, um, but it, it's, but he's not wrong, unfortunately. And so when I saw Tyson, I don't know what, five, six months ago, before this hoopla started, I was like, wow, Tyson has really grown. He's a different mm. person. He's so gentle now. He's like a, you know, like a wise old cuddly teddy bear, you know? And now he's back in the beast mode and he's like the savage old man. And it's fucking scary. But to also listen to, you know, to what his thoughts were that he had when the books, like in that book, to know that possibly some of that is back in him. Mm -hmm. I I think he's going to fucking kill Jones, dude. (laughs) I think he's going to just slaughter him, bro. I don't think Jones... I have a feeling he will too. Yeah. I mean, unless Jones can maybe catch him coming in and and then take it from there, because obviously Jones has the tools as well, but... Yeah, I'm a little scared for for Roy Jones. Yeah, because um, that that's a beast of a man coming at you, you know. And, and he's not coming to to do a little slip in and just hit you with a jab and move away. He's he's coming at you, and yeah. you better be ready, man. He's coming forward and he's coming full blast, and yeah, and with he's that ripping combinations, he's yeah, ripping combinations, ripping combinations, and with that crazy peekaboo style and the fucking crazy head movement, yeah. He was something before, before, after Customato died, he really became a different fighter. He, he, uh, he stopped the defense. And I, I just think he got that, he got that puncher's mentality. We just thought, I'm just going to go in and knock every motherfucker out. No one can touch me. Yeah. Um, but before that, when he was actually slipping and had good head movement and really knew how to turn his shoulders and use angles and, and set traps. Yeah. Fuck that. He was a scary, scary motherfucker, dude. Yeah. Scary. 
Fuck, man. I'm, I'm excited, bro. Yeah. I'm excited yeah. just talking about it right now. Yeah, Shit. yeah. And, and, there aren't, and that's the thing. There's not too many fighters like that. I mean, there's a welterweight who isn't exactly that, that way, but uh, you may have heard of T- Terrence Crawford. He's one of the top fighters in the world. I've, I've heard his name, yeah. Bud Crawford, he's from like Nebraska, but he's a killer. He's a straight up, I'm going to come whip your ass. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, he's just one of those guys. He talks it and he backs it up and he really is a badass dude. Like, you want no piece of that guy. Man. And he's a welterweight, you know, and he's coming up from like lightweight, but he's badass. Dude, well, love um, that guy. So speaking, speaking of just badasses and just to kind of segue a little bit, because I do want to talk about Lemonchenko. I, mm-hmm. I fucking love seeing Lemonchenko fight. I've seen, yeah. I've seen all the, I haven't had a chance to watch him like live, but I've seen all the videos. Like that dude is so fucking slick. So yeah. fucking slick. He's got, he's got, he, he can, he, and it's all from like his dad's training, right? That he forced him to go into like dancing. I think you were the one who told me this. That, I believe so. Yeah. And, and he has that long amateur pedigree. I mean, he's got hundreds, a couple hundred fights as an amateur. Whew. Yeah. World championships. I think he's a two-time Olympic gold medalist. Yes. So to him, getting into a boxing is like getting into the shower probably, you know, it's yeah. something he's done all his life and he's perfectly comfortable in there. But what I think one of the, one of the, one of the most interesting things is, is, is his defense, right? Is his ability to kind of slip punches, get mm-hmm. out of the way of punches, Bob and with all that stuff. His defense is really interesting, but I think it's because of his, because of the footwork, right? I mean, Oh yeah. It, it, his footwork really lent, really kind of gave him the ability to have, that defense that that he has uh but lemonchenko so you you brought this fight to me because you you said that it's going to be a very interesting fight between lopez and and lemonchenko yeah lemonchenko is 34 yes he's a little older and he's also coming up in weight so he's coming up to meet lopez at i guess i think it's i want to say lightweight or maybe junior welter Uh uh-huh but yeah loma's coming up so yeah and Lopez is the younger guy. It looks like it's lightweight. They're, um, okay, yeah. They're fighting for the lightweight title. Um, but yeah, Lopez. Here's the. Here's. I, I looked up Lopez a little bit. Um, I, I, I'm not. I'm not going to pretend I'm the. I'm the boxing fan that you are. I love boxing. I, I trained it. I, I. And when I watch. When I watch a good fight, I enjoy it. I. And, but you know names. You know stats. You know history. You know all this shit about boxing. Like you follow boxing very closely, and I. And this is one of the reasons why I enjoy talking to you so much. But like, so I have a question for you. I don't understand how this works, but according to what I found, this kid on Wikipedia, this kid Lopez, um, he grew up. He was born in the Bronx, New York, but then he he went and fought. And represented Honduras. Yes, in the in the Olympics. What? Like he's an American. Like how does that work? I don't understand. I well, certainly in terms of sports, some countries are very lax in their citizenship requirements. So, like if your dad was from Honduras or your mom was from Honduras, and even if you were born here and you're a really good fighter or a basketball player, uh-huh. they may say, you know what, you're gonna become a citizen because you can be on our team. <laughs> Um, so I, that's why I'm sure that's what happened. His one of his, at least one of his parents is Hondureño, 
Yeah. He had talent for, for whatever reason. Maybe he didn't make the U.S. Olympic team. And he just said, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go to Honduras. You know, they got us. There's nobody there who's better than I am. So, uh-huh. and the government was willing to, to accept his citizenship. I, that, I know that happens in, it's certainly in Mexico, like Mexican Americans will go down to Mexico and yeah. they'll fight for the Mexican team, for the Mexican Olympic team. I know it's happened in basketball. Um, so I think that's just what it is. I, I think just because he, he has some sort of, he has on, um, heritage, yeah. the government or the sanctioning body then grants some citizenship and then he can represent the country in, in tournaments and stuff. That seems a little crooked, man. Well, it's boxing. It's, <laughs> boxing is crooked <laughs> as hell. I mean, yeah. it's, 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 you can't be looking for virgins in a boxing ring. You know, <laughs> everybody's got a little shadiness to them. Yeah, that's why you got to knock the guy out, right? You can't let it go to the judges. <laughs> Yes, yes, especially in the guy's hometown or the, the opponent's hometown. <laughs> yeah. So so this kid's 24 years old. You describe Young him, kid. Young kid. He's a beast. Strong. Yeah, strong. strong. So if, if, you were, if you were Lopez, and his, na- his first name is Teofimo. Teofimo, Lop- yeah. I, I, I've never heard that name before. That's crazy. That's a fucking Latin crazy sounding name. But uh, if you were if you were Lopez and you and you had to beat Lomachenko, how would you how would you beat Lomachenko? I think ooh, that's that's a really good question. Is you're right. He is such a technically skilled fighter. Probably probably one of the most technically skilled fighters I've ever seen. Lomachenko is off the charts on his his ability his, like I said, and his technique i mean that the confluence of both of those yeah of his natural ability and the technique is just makes him one of the greatest fighters probably that's ever lived yeah um that being said he he can be hit he's been knocked down a couple of times I yeah mean, that's he's true back up he's gotten back up and, and, he, and he's won the fight so wasn't that in the last fight his last fight he got knocked down i believe and it was kind of a tough fight for him i, I believe he, he fought a british guy and, and the british guy was able to to get to him a little bit not enough to win the fight lomachenko still won the fight but it, it kind of pierced that set that that image of invincibility yeah. that lomachenko may have once had so I, that's also kind of a big deal, I think. I think uh, once once there's a little chink in the armor, it gives the opponent a little bit of hope. Yeah. Um, which is something that Tyson used to, to his advantage in the early, day of, uh, early days of his career was that he just seemed invincible that oftentimes he won the fight before the first bell rang because yeah. the other guy was just so intimidated and so scared that it was just it was just <laughs> ceremonial at that point. He was going to get knocked out. Uh, <laughs> That's so fucked up. I'm showing up to it to get knocked out. Yeah. Well, you see, if you see some of those YouTube fights where, where there's, you see, I'm sure you've seen them where those guys yeah. look terrified. Fuck yeah. And they know there's about to, there's some violence about to go down. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be on the receiving end of this. They, were, they had already lost before they stepped in the ring. They, they, yeah. Yeah. they had been fucking fucked already. Yeah, they were, they were done. They, they were, were done. done. But yeah, like, so if, you, so if, if you're Teofimo, what would you do? I think I would use my advantages of size and strength. He's not, obviously, he's not going to be the technical fighter that Lopez is. I mean, that Lomachenko is. But Lopez has got good technique. He's a good, solid fighter. He has great power. So I'm trying to think, and he's a pretty decent counterpuncher. I don't know how successful you'd be at counterpunching Lomachenko because yeah. he's so good. Yeah. You may just have to take it to him and force him to be on the back foot. Um, so that would be my initial instinct. My, my initial thought would be kind of to use your size and strength on him uh-huh. and kind of try to impose it on him and, and try to at least make, make him move back. But Lomachenko can fight going backwards. 
Um, I think if if Lopez is going to try to do try to outbox him, that's going to be hopeless. I don't think that's going to work. I, I think going into the fight, Lomachenko definitely is the favorite. I wouldn't say by much. I wouldn't say that he's going to blow out Lopez. Uh-huh. I think Lopez has a really good chance because he's young, he's strong. I think, especially if Lopez catches him early, it, it, it's going to be a very interesting fight. If, if Lopez can catch him early, um, I, I think the chances increase. Yeah. Um, but we'll have to see. I mean, again, Lomachenko's an incredible fighter. He could... I don't see Lomachenko knocking out Lopez. It could happen, but I can see him winning a unanimous decision fairly easily, depending on how things go. I mean, it's so, you know how fighting is. It's so unpredictable. You know, you, yeah. you, when, what's, the second you, you think you know what's going to happen is, is exactly the moment you, you're not going to know what's going to happen. <laughs> so, like, there's a couple of things, too. Like, first of all, Lopez is an orthodox fighter, right? Yes. And Lomachenko is a softball. Softballs are a pain in the ass, man. Yes. They're, yes. they're a pain in the ass. But, I mean, that also could be a hindrance to them, right? But, I mean, usually softballs do well just because they're always fighting orthodox fighters, right? Yes. So, I – and, like, I don't – I don't know. I don't uh, – see, like, I don't know much about Lopez. I, I know – like, I know Lomachenko. Like, I know what his, his strategy to win would be. I mean, just slip, move, push him forward, you know. I mean, like, move forward, drop Counter the Counter punch, pick him apart. Pick him apart and then yeah. win, right? And he's got a little bit of power, right? He's, he's knocked people out. But I don't know if – like, I don't know what kind of power he has. I wonder if it's more just – just the he's overwhelming people right and later on in the fight they crumble yeah. yeah they just crumble right you're just worn out especially if he's going to the body well and yeah yeah and he didn't then also your will at some point you just may not want to fight me or the opponent may just not want to fight him anymore going oh my god this is hopeless yeah i'm just going to go down i'm going to stay right down, yeah man. yeah i don't need to fuck. get up <laughs> yeah fuck man it's just like um so like what happened in the in the fight with the british guy that knocked uh, Lomachenko down. Do you know? I want to say, I'm trying to remember. I, it might have been a straight right, but I, that knocked him down. And I think it was the same punch that knocked him down in, his, in the other time he, he got knocked down. Um, but if I remember, and this was a while ago, I, I, if I remember the, correctly, the British guy was able to put up a good fight and actually trade with him a little uh-huh. bit. Okay. And hold his own for a few rounds, which was a big deal because Lomachenko seemed almost untouchable. Right, he uh-huh. was almost a perfect fighter. People thought so. It, it just might have been that, just the fact that somebody seemed to be able to stand in there with him and be somewhat competitive and not get blown away. And so maybe that kind of magnified it, and made it seem like the guy fought even better than he really did. I'd have to go back to, to watch that fight again. But the sense I got that I that I have coming out of that fight was that that sense that he that Lomachenko was invincible and unbeatable had kind of dissipated a bit. That now you could see, oh, okay, maybe the right fighter could do this. Yeah. Um, the British guy wasn't the heaviest puncher. So maybe a guy with a heavier punch could have finished him off after the knockdown. That's interesting because, like, it, it must be very difficult to keep pace with someone like Lomachenko, right? So, like, if you're going to keep pace with a guy like that, you got to throw lighter punches unless you have that kind of endurance, right? Mm-hmm. So – at one point you got to be able to turn it on. And so maybe if you, maybe you don't, maybe that particular fire just didn't have that kind of power to begin with, which is why he was able to rely on the endurance and able to take him to the distance or be able to like catch him like he did. Cause he, you're, you're trading, 
you know, because Lomachenko's got speed. He's got punches. He's got he's got he's got a lot going for him in that regard. Mm-hmm. He's he's just that kind of fighter. He's a fast yeah. guy. So how? So that must have been it. So, but I think you're right. Like once you once you kind of chink that armor, you got to be able to turn on the power, right? It's just. I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't know, man. Like, and, and remember, Lopez is going to be a, big, a naturally bigger guy, a naturally uh, stronger guy, and he is, he's a very confident guy, too. Yeah. So he's not, he's not coming in intimidated by Lomachenko at all. Yeah. On the contrary, he's coming in looking to put a stamp on his career and say, yeah, I'm the guy. Yeah, I'm the guy who, who beat this Lim- motherfucker. That I'm the one. Awesome. So he's, he's coming into this very confident, and it's not, I don't think a hollow confidence. I think he has reason to be confident whether he can pull it off on fight night. We'll have to see. Yeah. Uh, again, you know, Lomachenko's 33. You know how it is as good as a fighter. He is in boxing. A, a fighter can, can get old overnight. Yeah. There's been a long layoff. Um, you never know. Yeah, that's right. Right. You there, never know. This has been a long layoff for both of them. The longest mm-hmm. layoff they've had like almost a year for both. Right. Now, it's just that may Playing, you would think it would play in Lopez's favor because he's a younger guy, but it may not. We'll have to see who is more mentally focused and prepared during the layoff. I mean, if if somebody is going out and partying or, or doing whatever, forgetting you know about their about their boxing career, well, then that's gonna it's gonna yeah. have an effect. Well, there's that's the other thing too. Is it's like right now with COVID, right? What are what what are the camps looking like for fighters these days? You know, it's just it must be very difficult to. Have people you know you can trust that are not going to go out and get infected or, or do something silly and and then bring that shit home or into the gym mm-hmm. and get you infected and possibly ruin the ruin the ability you, your chances for actually having the fight right. So here's right. the other question I wanted to have I wanted to ask you is this, uh, and I asked you before but I wanted you to kind of say it on the podcast what happens because I know what happens with the UFC the UFC somebody gets infected. At, you know, while they're at, you know, you know, because they get tested right before the fight. If mm-hmm. someone shows up and they're infected, they either switch the guy out or cancel the fight, right? Yeah. They, they put in another fighter to fight the other person or they cancel the fight. What happens with boxing? Yeah, it, it's a very similar thing. And it's already happened a couple of times, as I mentioned, on that PBC circuit, uh, that boxing circuit. Yeah, I, the, the, the camps are being isolated. Fighters are being tested. Trainers, the entire camp. A team is being tested as well. Wow. Um, and the night before the fight as well. And it's already happened where fighters have come up positive the night before and they've either had to swap out the fighters or cancel the fight. Jesus Christ. So, yeah. And, and they have to. So, so I believe they're doing a very similar thing to what the other sports are where these camps are being locked down in a bubble and everybody's staying isolated and and hopefully everybody can, can stay non-infected until fight night. But as we can, as we've seen, it can happen. Um, Fighters or, or members of, of the training team come up positive, and they have to cancel the fight. So where where is Lomachenko training right now? I I would I think he's out west somewhere. I think he's in California. Oh, he's in California. I believe so. Yeah, I, okay. yeah, I believe that's where his camp is. So then, if this is going to happen in Vegas, he would just drive down to Vegas. Yeah, yeah. Most of the big fight camps, I would say, most of the fight camps are in in California. Maybe some in Arizona or something like that, but they're usually out west. Yeah, Nevada, maybe. Yeah, yeah. With with the UFC and those fighters, the the camps are all over the fucking world, and so they have to fly these people in. It's like, how the fuck do you do that without, like, you got to go through the airport and all this nonsense? Right. Yeah. 
all the chances to get infected by somebody. Yeah. 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 At, at least if you have a, a camp out in California, you could just drive straight out to the, to the, to, to Vegas and get the, yeah. Fight. Make sure you're isolated at camp. And then obviously when you're on your way to the, to the fight. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, even with the UFC, they have, Fight Island. I don't know if you heard. Yes, yes. They, they got a fucking island. Like, <laughs> when I first heard this shit, I thought fucking Enter the Dragon. They're going to land someplace, China. They're going to have some little Asian guy fucking rowboat them over to the, to the island, and they're going to get greeted with a guy with a metal hand, right? So, like, <laughs> that was – that when I heard that, that's what I thought was going to happen. It, it's, it's much more classier than that. It's – like I've seen pictures on Instagram, that place looks fucking awesome, bro. Fucking beautiful. I mean, well, it's got to have everything for the fighters, right? I mean, you got to yeah. be able to train, nutrition, yeah, entertainment. Yeah, it's got to be. But but it's a beautiful island too. There's cool. all this sand, all this fucking sun, and it, it's like it, it it looks like fucking paradise with a fucking with a with a fucking octagon in the center i was gonna say yeah with an ass kicking on saturday night yeah <laughs> you know i was just like damn man i want to live there like i don't know yeah, if that sounds pretty there. cool yeah but, yeah <laughs> so but still to get there you gotta fly in an air, you gotta fly in an airplane so i don't mm -hmm. know what they do to like make sure that fighters don't get infected while traveling but but man at least at least this fight the likelihood of them getting infected is probably less right with lopez do you know where lopez trains out of Probably. I know that he's he's out of he's from the East Coast, so I want to say he's like from New York or New Jersey. Mm -hmm. So I I think he's out east, but for for the fight they may they may set up camp. A lot of these guys set up camp like in Big Bear, California, at altitude, yeah, to get themselves ready, and then they'll just fly down or drive down to to Vegas the the week before the fight. Yeah. So he's I would imagine he's doing that. Uh, I mean that's certainly what I would imagine. You'd want to go train at altitude, get those red blood cells nice and high, so you're got nice long endurance for fight night. Yeah, then you know, you know what you bring up a good point. A lot of these fighters, a lot of these people go to a place like Big Bear, and they're already kind of isolated, right? Because mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. they they want to be, you know, especially for in terms of like having the fight mentality and being fight ready mentally. You want to be, you want to, you, you kind of need to be away from the things that give you comfort and make you happy. Yes, and, yeah, yeah. Like you know, being with your kids and your family is going to bring that that warrior kind of mentality mm -hmm. down. So they want to be, you want to be someplace where you have the mind on the fight. And yeah. I, I like, yeah. So like that, that probably is the case, right? They're probably already kind of quarantined. So it's not something they have to really worry about. Mm -hmm. uh, wow. So what are your predictions? Who do you see winning? That's actually a great question. I, my thought right now is that I see a Lomachenko win by decision. Okay. Probably a unanimous decision. Probably, um, if it's a 12-round fight, I would say probably like eight rounds to four, mm -hmm. maybe seven rounds to five. I, I just think Lomachenko's technical abilities are, are so incredible that even against a qual such a high-quality fighter, fighter as Lopez, I think that's going to carry the day. Yeah. Having said that, the Lopez is such a young, strong, fast, hard-hitting kid who's hungry, who, who knows this is the fight that's going to make his name, that this is make or break for him. He's going to be of hungry. Course, he's going to be hungry, and you can never underestimate a hungry fighter. Um, so, um, like I said, with that being said, I, I see Lomachenko 
Lomachenko probably winning a decision, but I would not be surprised if Lopez comes out with a, with a big fight and knocks him out. Yeah, he could conceivably knock him out. Like I said, he's such a big, strong kid. Yeah, I I, I just I, I can't help but think. I mean, then again, you know, my opinion wouldn't be worth as much as yours because I don't know the other kid like you do. Uh, I I just don't see how you would be a Lomachenko, especially since he's a softball fighter. If you're a right-handed guy, even if you're a bigger right-handed guy, you're still going to lead with that jab, right? You're not going to be able to utilize the jab with, with a, with a guy, with a guy like a softball, like him, you would have to rely on your right hand. It, It just, on your straight right, yeah. On your straight yeah. right, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you, yeah, you have to find a way to, to combat that that uh, that southpaw stance. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, you would think the straight right, but he is so technically um, adept. Lomachenko is that you may have to consider other ways of of attacking him. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's just a different cat. He's just a different kind of cat. Yeah. He's not your prototypical southpaw fighter. Uh, he, no, he's not like Rocky Balboa. <laughs> you know, he's not yeah. that kind of southpaw. No, you no. Know? Nah. He's not going to sit there and just take punches to the face. <laughs> right. Just the jab as he's walking in. Yeah, no, nah, he's not going to do that. So, yeah. But I think, you know, as the old adage goes, styles make fights. And these are two good styles. Mm-hmm. They're going to come together. Um, and it's inter- and it's going to be great. Lomachenko looking to cement his legacy. Um, he's already a Hall of Famer, but really looking to cement his legacy. And this young kid looking to make a name for himself, knowing that this is the biggest fight of his life. And if he wins this fight, this changes his entire life. Jesus Christ, man. That's awesome. That's yeah, so just crazy. imagine that. Yeah. 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 This is just this one fight makes everything different. Yeah. yeah. It changes everything. It changes right? everything. So, he, so he, I'm sure they're super focused, right? Because this means bigger paydays, his legacy. You know, he can give his family generational wealth now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a big deal. Very good. That's crazy, man. All right, man. Well, I think, um, I think it's, it'll be a good point to end the, uh, end the fight. Mm-hmm. End the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks so much for coming on, bro. I really appreciate oh, you coming on, man. It was great, Edgar. Please have me anytime. I'd love to sit back sit and chat fights or entertainment or whatever you'd like. Dude, it's a great time. Absolutely, man. I will I will let you know. Um, maybe next week or something, or maybe afterwards we can have a, a post-fight discussion. Like after There you go. I would like to talk about what we thought because I also think that Lomachenko would win. I don't know if Lopez is gonna be able to beat this guy, but I don't know much about Lopez. So but yes, let's I'll I'll get back to you. We'll we'll uh we'll hook it up again afterwards and we'll talk about uh what what our thoughts are and what what could be coming up next. That sounds great, man. Yeah, there's lots of, there's lots of good fights coming up on the, on the fight schedule. So there's lots lots to talk about coming up. Awesome, bro. All right. All right. This is Edgar Otra Vez and uh, with my my good friend here, Martin. Thank you for listening to the Flow Row Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Music come together by Oi, O-O-Y-Y, can be found over at the Epidemic Sound website. Man, I don't know about you guys, but I'm super excited about this fight. Uh, Lomachenko versus Lopez. Lomachenko is a, just a master. Um, I can't wait to see this fight. This fight will be happening October 17th, which is a Saturday on ESPN. Thanks again, Martin. This was a uh, this is a great podcast. I really had fun talking to you. If you guys, I hope you guys enjoy it. If you guys want to head over to shop 
www.thefloropodcast.com and buy a t-shirt or something. I would greatly appreciate it. Thanks a lot for supporting us and we'll see you soon. Bye.